Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How Stuff Works Now. I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at How Stuff Works. Every week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous developments we've seen in science, technology, and culture. This week, Florida has a new invasive species, one of the deadliest species of crocodile on the planet. No worries, though. Also, a former fast food CEO says that raising the minimum wage would lead to an entirely different kind of invasive species taking over. He says that robots would take those jobs. But first, senior writer and Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast co-host Robert Lamb brings us the story of a troubling, if bizarre, study of farm-raised salmon. Some of these fish are highly depressed. Yes, a new study published in Royal Society Open Science argues that growth-stunted anorexic dropout fish that float listlessly at the surface of their overcrowded tanks are suffering from severe depression. After all, we're not talking about a ritzy aquarium or a stock pond here. These dropouts swim about in cramped, unnatural, stressful aquaculture environments that have more in common with cattle feedlots, overstuffed prisons, or those human battery towers in the Matrix. Now I know what you're thinking. Even fish pain remains something of a contentious issue, so how do we get to the idea of depressed fish? Well, according to lead study author Marco Vendis, the doomed dropout fish express behavior and brain chemistry in line with depression in other organisms, namely high levels of the stress response hormone cortisol. They found that dropout salmon's serotonergic systems, which regulate cortisol, were overactive, overstimulated, and defunct. The fish were so stressed that they didn't respond to further stress. Human fish ethics aside, growth-stunted dropout fish are a common and costly occurrence in salmon aquaculture, so farmers have more to gain than a sadness-free fish sticker in tackling the problem. And they don't necessarily have to improve tank conditions if they can improve the fish themselves through research into stress-coping genetic markers and selective breeding. Hey, then you don't have to change a thing. 
Though the paper also indicates that several common agricultural practices may play a role, including the employment of stressful vaccinations soon after smultification, the naturally stressful physiological adaptation of juvenile salmon from freshwater to seawater. Vindus, a marine biologist at the University of Gothenburg, also believes these findings could eventually aid in the medical prevention of human stress-based pathologies, as well as the depression you might be feeling right now about the source of your fish sticks. Next up, more bad news. The senior writer uh, and my fellow Forward Thinking podcast co-host, Jonathan Strickland, reports on a former McDonald's executive's conviction that raising the United States minimum wage to $15 an hour would basically initiate the robot uprising. Ed Rincey, former president and CEO of McDonald's USA, recently said on Fox Business that if the minimum wage in the U.S. rose to $15 an hour, it would make sense for fast food companies to buy $35,000 robot arms and replace human employees. Rincey went on to say that keeping employee wages to a reasonable amount would delay the robo-apocalypse. His definition of reasonable is keeping the minimum wage at $7.25 an hour. So let's do the math. Let's say the federal minimum wage goes up to $15 an hour, and you're scheduled to work a full 40 hours each week. That amounts to $31,200 before taxes. Employers only have to buy each robot arm once. They have to keep paying employees every year. So a little after a year, the investment would appear to make sense. Even factoring in maintenance and repair, an employer would probably see a return on investment before a second year passes. At the current minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, an employee would earn $15,080 before taxes. If the boss replaced that employee with a robot, it would take about two and a half years to see a return on investment. Actually, it gets way more complicated than that. Many minimum wage employees can only get part-time hours, which saves employers on additional costs. Also, a robot wouldn't just replace one employee, it would replace all the part-time workers for that particular position. By the way, Ed Rinzi started working for McDonald's way back in 1966. Assuming he made the minimum wage at the time, he earned $1.25 an hour working the grill. Adjusted for inflation, that's equal to $9.23 in today's money. <clears throat> There's a lot more to go into here. For one thing, robots must prove to be at least as efficient and reliable as humans in kitchen jobs to be a viable option. For another, numerous studies show the current minimum wage in the U.S. is unlivable. Then there's the fact that automation is inevitable for many, if not all, jobs. In that future, we'll have to figure out how to separate work from income. Otherwise, no one will be able to afford the burgers all those robo-cooks will be flipping. Finally this week, Joe McCormick, a co-host of both Stuff to Blow Your Mind and Forward Thinking, walks us through a study that's confirmed the presence of Nile crocodiles surviving in the wild of South Florida. Native to a broad region of the African continent, the Nile crocodile, or Crocodilus niloticus, is among the deadliest apex predators on this planet. Growing up to 6 meters, or almost 20 feet in length, this is one of the few wild animals that will regularly look at a human being and think, yeah, that could be prey. 
The researchers cite a figure that there were at least 493 attacks on humans, leading to 354 fatalities between 2010 and 2014. Nile crocodiles are more dangerous to humans than the native crocodilians of Florida, such as the American alligator. In this study, published in the Journal of Herpetological Conservation and Biology, four unusual-looking crocodiles were captured in South Florida between 2000 and 2014. Researchers used DNA matching to show that at least two of these were indeed Nile crocodiles, most closely related to a population found in South Africa. Identical genetic markers indicate that at least two of these animals were directly related to one another, meaning they probably came from the same source. But what was the source? It's a mystery. So, whoever is bringing Nile crocodiles to Florida and releasing them, please, please stop. Okay? Stop. By tracking the growth, movement, and foraging behaviors of one of the animals, researchers also confirmed that Nile crocodiles can not only survive in the wild in Florida, they seem to be doing extremely well. One specimen that was recaptured after a period in the wild had grown 40.5 centimeters, or about 16 inches per year, 28% faster than some Nile crocodiles in their native range. So it's possible that we have found a glorious king crocodile incubator, and it's Florida. The researchers stressed that there's no evidence of an established population of Nile crocodiles in the wilderness of Florida, but there's also no way to be sure that the ones we found in this study were alone. In 30 years, are we going to be reading reports of Nile crocodiles feasting on our South Florida cattle and Everglades tourists? I guess we'll wait and see. I do want to emphasize that there is not currently a known danger of Nile crocodile attacks in Florida. The real story here isn't about killer crocodiles, but about the broader problem of invasive species. Florida already has the greatest number of invasive amphibians and reptiles of any place in the world, including animals like the Burmese python. And that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe now for more of the latest and strangest science news. And hey, send us your ideas for new stories. Plus, any suggestions you have for other podcasts to listen to. Shoot us an email at nowpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And if you dug Joe, Jonathan, and Robert's work, check out Stuff to Blow Your Mind and Forward Thinking. Plus, to access thousands of other stories like these, check out our home planet, now.howstuffworks.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. 
People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.